Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. As we were worshiping, I just felt impressed to go a little bit of a different direction. We'll see how this all goes. The media team can just figure it out. They're, they're skilled in that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We had a great weekend. Thanks for those that were praying as uh, I had, we, you know, it's funny because we had, I had China in January, China and Taipei in January. And then last, last week we were in New Orleans. And then this weekend I was in Illinois and, uh, you know, I am uh, this weekend being, being where I was and, you know, the two or 300 teenagers all jam packed in a room and having having Holy Ghost services. It was awesome. But, um, you know, one of the things I was, I walked away from and I was encouraged. I just want to share this. This has nothing to do with my message, but I just want to encourage you uh, that, man, if there is ever a need in in a period of time, it's this generation, it is today that needs what we've got, that understands the power of Pentecost, the power of the presence of the Lord, and, and the passion for God. I, I, I was blown away by the number of, not students, leaders, youth pastors, youth leaders, who didn't know how to pray. We had a prayer time, and as we're going through praying over various areas, I was leading prayer for revival, and, and groups of people would just, you know, make cycles around the building and pray at different stations, and, and I said to the leaders, okay, y'all are going to pray, all, I, mean, I don't know if they just didn't understand y'all, or what they, you know, <laughs> like, I wasn't in the south, I don't know, like, everybody's going to pray out loud, and we're going we're gonna to passionately go after God together for revival in your church. And uh, they just looked at me, and I thought, and lead, I'm talking about leaders looking at me, like, what do you mean? We're going to pray, leaders? And so I was reminded again of the, t- the day and the times in which we live, the age in which we live, is that this, this is a generation at large in general that has moved away from, from passionate, the passionate pursuit of Jesus. Jesus has become the, the other thing we do on Sundays. Jesus has become, the church has become something that we just do once a week. We go, we punch our clock and we go home and it doesn't affect the rest of our lives. But I want to tell you, if you know Jesus, he affects the rest of your life. And amen. If he, if he isn't, if he isn't, then I, I would say to you, like Jesus said to the church of Ephesus, you've done a lot of great things, but you have forsaken your first love. And, uh, you know, I found that be, being my prayer quite frequently this weekend is, God, restore us, return us to our first love. You know, when you're in love with somebody, this has nothing to do with my message, but I'm just going to share it anyway. You know, when you're passionately in love with, with someone, you love something, a hobby or whatever it is, when you, when you are passionate about something, it is displayed in every aspect of your life, right? It's displayed in every aspect. You can't go to, to the grocery store without, you know, without thinking about how that thing affects the rest of your life. It overflows in some way. You, you, you don't go to school or work without 
that area, that thing that you love affecting your life, right? And how many times do we allow the, the Word of God, the presence of the Lord, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, all that Jesus extends to us freely, how passionate are we about those things? Does it consume our life? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and so I just want to encourage you, stir up, stir up the gift. Like Paul told Timothy, don't let it die. You know, sometimes, you know, people don't understand. You know, they, they say, well, you know, that's, you're just too passionate. You're just, you, you're just a fanatical. You know, you're just a little too fanatical. You know what a fanatic is, is anyone that's more passionate about something than you are. So... <laughs> So, you know, we always gauge and set the level of fanaticism based on our own interpretation and not Scripture. Because if you go back to the New Testament, you look at the book of Acts, those people are pretty fanatical. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, haven't, I haven't called anybody up front and said, you lied to the Holy Ghost and they fall down dead, you know? <laughs> and everybody said amen. <laughs> you know? That's pretty fanatical. You know what? We haven't been preaching and somebody fall out of the balcony onto the floor dead and we have to resurrect them, you know? <laughs> but somehow we think that those things are disconnected from our present day life. Those are good stories in scripture, but they don't apply to us today. They absolutely apply to us today. The scripture... The, the canon of Scripture is closed, but the, the New Testament, the age of the church, is still existing today. Jesus hasn't come back to take us home yet, so it's still being written, so to speak. Right? We're still here. So I pray today that maybe if you're here and, and your passion has, has died or has been quenched, if your zeal for the Lord and, and desire for Him, your first love has been quenched on some level. You know, church, can I just, can I be honest? Can I be real for a moment? I, my wife's going to try to filter me here, I know. She's going to say, well, oh Lord, what is he going to say? <laughs> church, church drama can put a, can stifle your passion. Yeah. Well, she said, he said, they did, they did. Hey, hey. Kick it to the curb. Paul said, I count it all as dung. I'm pressing in. I don't know about you. I don't know about that. You know, I, I, I have to live like that. I have to live. I live like this. As a pastor, you have to learn to live. Thank the Lord there's value in, in, in what, what people bring to the table. But, but it, at the end of the day, compared to Christ, it's a pile of dung. I just, successes and failures, all the above. It can't, it can't even begin to compare to Christ. Can't even begin to compare to His goodness. Can't even begin to compare to who He is. So just, just take it on out with the trash heap and put it on out at the trash heap because I don't need that. I'm pressing on. I've got more to know of Him. There's more to dive into Jesus. There's more to discover. There's more encounters in His Word that I need to have. So thank the Lord for what He's done and I'm going to grow off of those things. Thank the Lord for what's happened and thank the Lord for the other ugly people too because they're 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 God's using them to perfect me but I'm pressing on I'm pressing into Christ and all that God has for me amen, amen. it's kind of what Joseph dealt with if you have your Bibles in Genesis 37 like I said I'm, I'm gonna we'll see where this goes but Genesis 37 you probably know the story of Joseph he had some ugly brothers I'm not talking about physical appearance. I'm talking about attitudes. You know, 
How would you like for your brother or sister to bury you in a pit and go tell your mom or dad that, oh, they're dead? <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, they got issues, right? There, there is some definite family drama happening. They could be on Jerry Springer. You know, there's definitely family drama happening there. And, and that's what Joseph was dealing with. God had given him a dream, had given him a, a dream of what was to come, what was to happen, and his brothers didn't like it. Beyond that, he had the favor of his daddy on him. God, you know, what, what a picture that his dad gave him this coat of many colors. It's a great picture of the multi, you know, Peter talked about the multifaceted grace of God. And that's, that is for us, the multicolored, multifaceted grace of God for our life. It's more, you know, grace is more than just a license to do what you want to do. There's a lot of teaching going on right now that grace is great. You can just do, live how you want to live because grace, grace will cover you. That's not what grace is. If you're under the effect, if you've been clothed with the multifaceted grace of God in your life, it is the power of God to change in those situations. It's more than just favor. There is, it is multidimensional, multifaceted. And so the grace of God changes us. It causes us to want to press into God. It causes us to want to press into His favor. Not run the other way and see how close we can get to the edge before we fall off the cliff. And so Joseph had a dream. He had a, he had a vision from the Lord. And his, his brothers tried to quench it. They tried to stop it. They tried to kill him. But I love... In Genesis verse 37, verse 9, it says this. Then he dreamed still another dream. He dreamed still another dream. In spite of his brother's anger towards him, he said, Lord, it doesn't matter what's happened in my life. I still want to hear from you. I still believe that you've called me, that you still put your plans and your purposes in my life. Lord, I believe that you've called me for such a time as this. Hey, I just want to say to you again, and I know I said it last week, God has called you for such a time as this. This is the season, the, the time, the day, the hour of his fulfillment, of the plans and purposes for your life. It's time to stop sitting back and waiting for all of the things that he's promised just happen and it's time for you to yield and step in and receive all that he's promised for your life it's one thing to hear and have the vision it's another thing to step in it's another thing to be willing to go to the pit it's another thing to be willing to go serve Potiphar it's another thing to go to the prison and have everybody ridicule you, ridicule you and think oh you're the guy that slept with Potiphar's wife you're the guy oh yeah that's you and know on the inside, in your heart, the integrity that you carry. It's, it's one thing to have an understanding. Is anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? It's one thing to have an understanding of what God's called you to do. But it's another thing to begin to live it out and to walk it out. It's another thing for, for the Lord to say, you know, and, and I'll use myself as an example. When um, I was eight years old, you know, when God called me into ministry, I'll never forget that. And I, and I remember that moment. But I'll never forget, when I was 14, God, again, brought that up in my life. And I said, Lord, if this is what you want, then begin to bring that to pass today. You know, I don't want to 
say that I'm called to ministry if it's not you. Lord, if this is what you're speaking to my life, then you bring it to pass. And, and that, within a couple of months, I was scheduled to preach at a church that I didn't even know existed. And then the, things just began to go from there and begin to walk. Take baby steps and begin to walk. Okay, God opened that door. Let's walk through that door. Okay, God opened that door. Now I'm going to be a, a missionary or do whatever. Okay, I'm going to take a step, take a baby step and fulfill, walk through what God has set before me. It's one thing to know that God's called you to do something. It's a whole other thing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But we get stuck because we have the ugly brother syndrome. And oftentimes, the ugly brother syndrome isn't even necessarily people. It's, it can be our own selves. We have the ugly brother syndrome. You'll never do it. You can never be a success. You've got this issue. You've got that issue. And we begin to, it's like the crabs in the bucket. We just start pulling ourselves down back into the mess that God's trying to bring us out of. Amen. Joseph dreamed another dream. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, Psalms 126, says this. When the Lord brought back, brought, brought, brought back, brought back, I've been, been, I'm confused. My dialects are confused. I've been traveling too much. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Sometimes we just get camped out in our captivity. Let me ask you this. Are you camping out in captivity today? Are you camping out in the opinions of others, in sin, maybe in an in a area of success? Well, I'm successful. I've, I've arrived. And su success itself can cause you to camp out and think, man, I've got it made. Maybe the Lord is, you've, you've stepped out. Maybe, you know, 50, 60, 20, 30, however many years ago, you stepped out and trusted the Lord and the Lord did great things in your life. And you're like, man, this is awesome. Look what God's done. But you've found yourself in a place of success. The cloud's still moving. The pillar of fire is still moving. But you've camped out in the wilderness and God's still trying to get you to the promised land. You've experienced great things. Praise Him for the water from the rock. Thank God for the manna that's fed you in the morning. But God's taking you further. He's trying to get you deeper. He's trying to get you out into His promises that He has for your life. Thank God for the, the little blessings where you've been. But there's more to experience. There's more in God to know. You know, it's easy you know, if it would be easy for us as pastors to say, man, look what God has done at Celebration Church. Look what's happened in, in two and a half years. There are pastors who would, who would, who would die <laughs> for what we're experiencing. You know, I have, I've had pastors in the area say, you know, I, I don't know how your church is so excited about the things of God. I could stand up and try and try and try and try and they wouldn't be as excited. How do you get so many, I've, I can go down the list, how do you get so many people to volunteer and serve? I mean, all the questions. And I just stand there, Jesus, you know, he's all, Jesus, he's the answer, you know. I don't, we don't have a, we don't have a system, I mean, we do, we have systems, but we're structured, but, but it's not us. The Bible says that people volunteer in the day of His power. The Bible talks about that the, we have power to become witnesses. When you, when you connect with power, it begins to change your life. 
That's, a, that's, that's my answer. But we can, become, we can become content with that. Thank you, Lord, for the power of God present in our service. Thank you. you know, and then, then what happens is we start looking at things and say, well, thank you, Lord, sister so-and-so fell out today. Hallelujah. And then we, we, just, we just get caught up in whatever's happening because we're not pressing in further. Well, thank God the power of God's present and, and people are getting touched by the Lord and there's you know, manifestations of his presence and power. Thank the Lord that people are getting born again. Thank the Lord that people are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. God, hallelujah. But I don't want to just camp out there and just say, we've arrived. Thank you, Jesus. We've got night of hope and have fed 30,000 meals over the past 16. Hallelujah, we've arrived. No, there are people who are, Mike said it this way, there are people who are dying and on their way to hell all around us. So why would we stop? Why would we stop pressing into God? Why would we stop going deeper in the things of God? Why would we say, God, thank you for this dream. It's a wonderful dream. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I dreamed that I'm going to be a ruler someday. Thank you, Lord. That was Joseph. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be a ruler someday. You know, the problem when we get caught up in just the dream and we don't live it out is because we're more concerned about the title God promised us than the reality of who he is. When we get caught in the, in the title or the position or the things where we're supposedly headed, we camp out because we're all about trying to make ourselves known versus pressing into the Lord. You ugly. <laughs> Doesn't matter about where your name, your title. You're a vessel. The Lord loves you. He's anointed you for the season. But like Esther, if you don't step up, guess what, honey? There's somebody else. Yeah. Mordecai, Esther, now's your time. You've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. But my dear, if you don't, God will move along. He'll find somebody else who will. So what about the dream that God's placed in your heart? Are you pressing in? Are you dreaming again? It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. It's time to allow the, the death garments that have been placed over your dream, over what God has spoken to your life. It's time for those things to come off. It's time for the things that have held you back to come off. You know, I think about Lazarus. You know, I talked about him a little bit last week. But, but Lazarus... Dead and gone. Jesus, you're late. Your timing is off. Can I tell you that God is victorious over time? He doesn't need your timetable. God will break through every barrier of time in your life. He makes all things beautiful in His time. It is for His glory that you are going through the season that you're going through. And it would just behoove you to yield and say, Lord, I'm dead in this area of my life. I've allowed the vision. I've allowed what you've spoken to me. I've allowed your presence, your promises to become dead and dormant in my heart. So instead of trying to fight it, instead of trying to... to well, bless the Lord, I'm going to sing until I get happy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dance until I get happy. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to yield. Yeah. I'm just going to yield, Lord, and say, here am I. I need you, Jesus. I'm going to just worship you because I don't feel like it, but it's going to be an altar of sacrifice. I'm just going to worship. Here I am. Lord, I'm not trying to strive my way through this. 
I'm not trying to strive my way to victory. I'm not trying to strive my way to life. Because you know what? Last time I checked, you can't revive yourself. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. So, Lord, I'm just going to receive from you new life. And Jesus walks up to that tomb. Lazarus didn't say, Lazarus, come out. No, Lazarus is dead. He couldn't call himself out of that tomb. <laughs> he wrapped up. He had grave clothes all over him. He came hopping out. He'd been stinking for four days. He was gone. There was no chance. But he came in contact with the word and power of God. Lazarus, come out. Dead things begin to live. Today, you know, we sing that song, you came. Jesus is standing outside your tomb. He came. He's here today. It's time to come out of the grave. It's time to dream again. It's time to get out of your captivity. It's time to stop camping out in captivity. It's time to dream again. It's time to get into the presence of the Lord and allow Him, allow Him to birth that dream again in your life. Psalms 126, jumping back there. Told you I was going to go all over. Psalms 126. Then, everybody say then. Then. That wasn't everybody. Then. Then. That was good. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. I love this scripture. You know, everybody, you know, you might think, well, he loves the scripture because it's about joy. Yes. <laughs> All paths in God lead to joy, I promise. <laughs> He's a happy God. You know, people ask me, why do people, you know, it's funny because I was having this conversation. This, it follows me. This conversation tends to follow. Why do people laugh in your church? <laughs> I'm sorry, would you rather them cry and be depressed? <laughs> huh? The kids got the joy Friday night. That's awesome. So the kids were laughing Friday night and saturate. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm still getting caught up on all the testimonies. I've been out. That's awesome. You know what happens? Here, here's, here's the best explanation that I can give to you. If you've never experienced, you know, we, we experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We experience salvation. We experience the anointing. We, the, the presence of the Lord in many different ways. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, I, don't, I, I really don't care what manifestation happens, you just need to get in the presence of the Lord. Yes. At the end of the day, you can fall, roll on the floor, laugh, cry, shout, dance, whatever happens, happens. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lord. Yes. You know, we don't have to be goofballs. We can, we can press in and experience the Lord and it'd be legit. But, you know, and call me holy roller if you want to, Mike. I'm still going to roll. <laughs> you know? I, I, I'm proud of that name. I've been, that would not be a first. Although I don't come in saying in church, I'm going to roll on the floor. Sometimes that might happen, but I, I don't go, I don't come into church saying, bless the Lord, I'm going to roll on the floor today. I'm going to laugh like a hyena. I'm going to, you know, I don't do that. We don't do that. That's not, that's goof. That's goofy. Sorry. I'm just making a little side bunny trail here about the presence of the Lord and things. Um, I'm just teaching. We don't do that. But what we do say is, Lord, I'm hungry for you. I need your presence. Lord, I love you. 
And if God decides to tickle you until you laugh like a hyena, then let him tickle you. You, you know, so sometimes that's just the easiest way of looking at it. What happens when the joy of the Lord comes? It's very simple. People begin to dream again. All of a sudden, things that were dead, scripture that was just words on a page, ignites on the inside of them, and it overflows in joy. That's what happens. That's why people laugh when, there's, when the preaching's happening. Because all of a sudden, the word of the Lord that has penetrated their, their heart in that moment, it becomes like an explosion. It's like somebody taking TNT and just setting it off on the inside of you. Whoa! Whoa! I've never seen that. And God is a happy God. So when you get into His presence and you have a revelation of who He is through His word... Joy is going to be the result. I will draw from the wells of salvation with joy. If your Christianity is angry and depressed, you need to check your Christianity. (laughs) It might be religion. But the, the, the pulley system, the pulley, you know the pulley, you know those things? The pulley system. Holy system. For your salvation is joy. I will draw from the wells of salvation with joy. If you want to be happy in your salvation, that's why David said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. The pulley system for that is joy. So you allow the Holy Spirit to be, bring joy into your life and you'll begin to drink more deeply of your salvation. If your salvation is surface waters, then the pulley system of joy needs to be working better in your life so you can get down deeper in those waters. Does that make sense? Now, I'm just I'm explaining Isaiah. That's what Isaiah said. It's Isaiah. I'm just trying to help you understand. He fills our mouths with laughter. The Word of God becomes alive in people's hearts. Who He is becomes alive in your heart. He fills your mouth with laughter and your tongue with singing. That's why we read it last week, Ephesians 5. Do not be drunk with, which leads to, yeah, debauchery, dissipate, all those. But be, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Which leads to what? Singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. You know, people say, well, this I've never heard this before in church. Because they don't want you to hear it in church. Whoever they are, they don't want you to hear it. Because all of a sudden it means that they are out of control. All of a sudden it means the Lord has to do something. And they can't make it happen. I I came to a realization a long time ago. I can't make you be happy. I mean, that's kind of like saying your wife, your husband's going to make you happy. Don't elbow them. Do not elbow them. (laughs) They might get it right a certain percentage of the time, but it's not going to happen 100%. I can't do it, but... If I can help you step into the presence of the Lord, if I, can, if I can just push you over the edge and encourage you to step in, 
guess what's going to happen? You're going to begin to dream again. And the joy of the Lord is going to fill your heart, fill your mouth. And your, your lips are going to be singing the praises of the Lord again. Instead of complaining over that dead death situation and about the grave clothes that are covering your life, you're going to see God in a whole new way. You're going to see His Word in a whole new way. You're not going to see a man behind a pulpit. You're going to see Jesus for Himself in a whole new way. And life is going to come to those situations. Life is going to begin to flow in those dead areas of your heart in your life. How long? I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, How long will you camp out in captivity? How long will you go there? It's like Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. You, you got a bunch of, you, you dry, you dead, bones. You're just hanging out with the Valley of Dead Bones. But God wants you to be an army. God wants to raise you up and bring the, the vision, the dream, His glory to pass in your life. So at some point, you've got to allow the fresh wind of the Holy Ghost to blow up in your nostrils. What did Ezekiel do? Wind blow. And I heard a sound. They were rattling. Those bones begin to rattle. Just receive the Holy Ghost. <laughs> receive the Holy Spirit. Receive. Lord, bring fresh new life in every area of my life. Then, 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 then what happened? What happened when they began to sing the praises of the Lord? Then what happened when they were out of captivity? Then what happened when they began to laugh and dance and rejoice in the Lord? What happened? Then they said among the nations. You know, you can, you can call our, you know, and it wouldn't be the first time, our style or way of ministry peculiar. I'm sorry, it's New Testament. <laughs> I, I, like Paul, agree that I've come to you not with the wisdom of men, but with the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit, that your faith might not rest in man, but that your faith might rest in God. So, there you go. But call, call say what you want. But let them say among the nations... You want to know what they say? You want to, you want to know what they say about Celebration Church? <laughs> Out there among the nations, there's hope there. They might, it might look peculiar. That's okay. You're an alien. I'm not talking about one of those goofy TV shows where you're, you know, alien. I'm talking about you're an alien in this, low, in this world, in this life. You're a pilgrim. So you, you, you're going to stand out a little bit. And if you don't think you do, then you might not be born again. Yeah. 
Because born-again people are going to stand out. They're going to stick out a little bit. They're different from the world system. We don't live according to the earthly, earthly kingdom. We live according to a heavenly kingdom. We're Christ's ambassadors. We're extensions of his ministry and his kingdom. We're going to be a little bit different. Everybody's trying to fit in with the world, and Jesus is calling us out of the world. I mean, at some point, at some point do we need to be relevant with our... Hey, the word of God is always relevant. Yeah. The power of God is always relevant. So don't, don't even send me down that path. But anyway, step in. Then they'll say among the nations, there's, there's, a pla there's a place there for healing. That person carries something different about their life. There's something different about them. There's a fire in their eyes. There's, there's a joy in their step. There's something different. Because all of a sudden, the word of God, the plan of God, the vision of God, who he is, his plans, his purposes, are now living on the inside of you. And they said, the Lord has done great things for them. Notice this. They didn't get the credit. God got the credit. God got the glory. Isn't that what it's all? Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my father, my joy might be in you, and that the father might be glorified. There was two, there was two parts to that. Uh, John 15, that my joy might remain, be in you and remain, and that the Father might be glorified. How is he glorified? That we bear much fruit. How is fruitfulness produced? How are all the fruits that Jesus talked about produced? How is this joy and dreaming and all, of, how does all this happen? Abiding, finding our pleasure, our delight in the Lord, finding our joy in him. And then they will say, the Lord has done great things. In Luke chapter 7. Y'all doing all right? Yeah. In Luke chapter 7 verse 11. Dead things to life. Bringing dead areas of your life to life. Bringing you out of captivity. Yeah, you. Come on out here. Life, Jesus. Life, life, life. Life. We're not going to live in the dead areas anymore. You're speaking life. We're going to start speaking life over our family. You're going to start speaking life over situations and circumstances. I don't know about that, but Jesus. I don't know about that, but Jesus. Jesus. You know, the only thing you might be able to say over your situation is Jesus. You might be lost for it, Jesus. Jesus is good enough. We're going to start speaking life. The word of the Lord. Bringing dead things to life again. Seasons of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Seasons of renewal coming from the presence of the Lord. Jesus. He wants to bring life. Life. 
Life. Life. He's going to bring life. 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 So it is with those who are born of the Spirit. You don't know where they're going. It's okay. I want to pray for you too. Can I pray for you too? Yeah, yeah, you too. Yeah, not the two behind you. It's you two. Come on out here. Come on out here. <laughs> Come on out. Help them out, guys. I don't know where the guys are, but the guys are going to help you. <laughs> Hang on, we got to pose for a picture. Did you get it? <laughs> so funny. You, can, you know, people get so stuck. You know, you can have fun in church. The power of God doesn't change because somebody's taking a picture. Thank you, Lord. You know, Father, I just pray for new life. Life, Lord, life to dreams and visions. Lord, things that you've spoken, things that you've promised. I just keep, I just keep hearing that scripture, Psalms, Psalms 91, that he's your shelter. He's your secret place. And learning to get into the secret place. Here's, this is, and maybe this doesn't apply at all, and I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit here for you. But, um, you know, when there's a tornado, what do y'all do? You, what, y'all are from tornado land. What do you do when there's a tornado? You go to the basement. You go to the crawl space. You go to the, you go to the safe place. Learning to live in the safe place is not just a place you go when there's a storm. It's the place you live. It's living in the presence. It's learning to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Um, but I just, I just keep hearing that for you, that this learning to live, this season of life, is, it is going to be so important to learn to live in the shadow of the Almighty. Let me actually read that for you. You can just hang out there. I'll read it. Because I just, I, he wants to bring, he's, he's all about, Jesus is all about restoration. He's all about revitalizing, restoring. He's got it covered. He's got it covered. But Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. In Him I will trust. And then he goes on and tells all that he will do. But in Him, in Him I will trust. He's a, he's a shelter that won't collapse. Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 7. He can bring new life to your body. He can bring new life to your body. In the name of Jesus. Total health and wholeness. Total health and wholeness. Total health and wholeness. Jesus. I wonder what I wonder what Cornelius's house looked like. You know, have you ever thought about that? This is not even this is this is related to what's happening in in the moment here. But I wonder what you know Cornelius had heard. He was wasn't somebody that you know Peter would associate with. But I, I wonder what happened at Cornelius's house when. He, he, he got all of his friends and family. I mean, he put his reputation online. He's got his friends and family all gathered in the building. He said, I don't care what it looks like. I got to have what they're preaching about. And he, got, he packed his house out. And while Peter was still preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard. And they all received the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues and worshiped the Lord. I wonder what that looked like. So don't get discombobulated because a few people are getting touched by the Lord this morning. It's okay. That's all I'm saying. Can you come here? Come here. Yeah, no. Well, you can come too, but I'm after the two behind you, actually. <laughs> come on up. New life. Come on up. Yeah, Mr. Blue. I, I There's... Um, The anointing of the Lord for bringing new life. He's bringing...
new life. Luke 7. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came, he came near the gate of the city. Procession of life, disciples, and procession of death. A dead man. was being carried out. It was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. And then he came and he touched the coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said to the young man, I say to you, arise. And so the young man that was dead sat up and began to speak. Can you imagine what kind of commotion that must have stirred. You've got this large crowd that's following Jesus. They're probably all talking about the miracles that they've seen. They're talking about all that Jesus has been doing. They're trying to get to Jesus. They're trying to touch Jesus. All that's happening is just a full-on commotion around Jesus. I, I don't think that it was, I, I don't think that it was a silent I think, I think it was pretty, uh, pretty vocal. I think people were pretty excited. I think, I think there was a stirring in the crowd. They were anticipating something. They were walking with Jesus. They were, they were expecting what's going to happen next. You remember when he did this? Remember What's going to happen? What's, gonna, what's, what's he going to do? You know? They never, never knew. What, you never knew what he was going to do. He could just... Hey, you, come here. <laughs> you never knew what he was going to do. <laughs> Where's the man with the, with the hand? Stretch out your hand. I mean, you never knew what he was going to do. The crowd was just following. And there, you never knew. And there, there was a procession, funeral procession. Now, funeral processions are a lot different than that kind of procession. <laughs> you know, they're crying, they're upset, you know, there's more, they had professional mourners, they were grieving, this woman had lost her son, and she was a widow, she had, I mean, this was it, it was her only son, her husband was gone, now he was gone, it was it, that was it, end of story, for her, she was going to go in a debtor's prison, there was, you know, she was, no, no one to take care of her, it was, it was the end of the road, and she was burying her son. And they were, they were mourning. We would look at that situation and we'd say, in our religious mind, Jesus, you are so insensitive. Can't you tell your people to be quiet? I mean, I mean, for goodness sake, I mean, this woman just lost her only son. I mean, really, Jesus, can you just tone it down? Just <laughs> come on. Just bring the volume down just a notch. I mean, this is, you're a little insensitive. 
And Jesus doesn't even hesitate. He doesn't even hesitate. He just walks right on up to the casket. When you know who you are and the power that you walk in, you don't hesitate. You just know. You know he knew. He knew what was going to happen. He walked in authority. He walked in authority over that situation. He didn't allow death to rule his circumstance. He was in authority over that death. So again, I say to you, you can camp out in your... You can, yeah, you can name them all. You can camp out in your captivity. Or you can begin to take authority over this. Self, shut up. Death, it's time for you to be swallowed up in victory. Just stop. Just stop. I'm not, li- I'm not living in death. I'm not going to live in that mess anymore. I'm, I'm going to go right on up to the casket of my life. I'm going to go right on up and take authority over this thing. Jesus, it's time for victory. What are you saying over this situation in my life? Jesus, what are you saying about this circumstance? Jesus, what are you saying? What does your word say? What are you speaking? If he's saying Lazarus come out of the tomb, guess what you better start saying? It's time to come out of the tomb. So he goes up to the castle. I mean, how weird is this? I mean, I've, be, I've done a lot of funerals. And then not one of them have I, have I gone up, and, and maybe I should, but, but maybe, maybe this is an area of growth for me. I don't know. But I've not gone up to any of the caskets and done a Smith Wigglesworth on the body, you know. Let's pull it out of the casket. Live in Jesus' name. You know, I've not done that. I haven't had necessarily the faith for that. I'll just be honest. But but how awkward would that look? I mean, really, how weird would that look for me as a officiant of the funeral? I'm there to coordinate this person's death. Just go the journey with me here. You'll start, you'll start putting pieces together in your own life, hopefully. I'm there. You know, that's what we do. We're, we're officiating our deaths. Well, don't touch the casket, Jesus. Don't touch the junk in my trunk. Let it stay. Let it stay. Don't mess. Don't mess with my casket, Jesus. It's dead. Don't go meddling. Right? We all do that. (laughs) We all do that. He walks right up, put his hand on it. I wonder what the people who were carrying the casket thought about that moment. I mean, really? I mean, the pallbearers, what were they saying? Open up the casket? What? Stop, do what? So they open up the casket and Jesus looks at it and says, get up. I say to you, arise, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. I say to you, arise, get up. 
He's doing that to you today, by the way. He's looking on the inside of your heart saying, those dead areas of your life, it's time for them to get up. It's time to get up. Get up. Life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of you. Live, for goodness sakes. Be quickened. It's okay that he wants to put his hand on the caskets of your life, the things that are uncomfortable. Hey, this area needs to come to life. Uh Uh-uh, Jesus, I don't want to deal with that bitterness. What we're saying is, I'd rather the root of bitterness spread through the rest of my life, kill me, and destroy those around me. It's easier for us to just allow the root to spread. It's a whole other thing to uproot that sucker and say, life is going to flow through this. Life. Life. Get up. I say to you, arise. Jesus is standing there. Get up. And, and the, the sun gets up. And fear came upon them all. And they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us. God has visited his people. You think? <laughs> I mean, that's your response. Yeah. That's what happens. All of a sudden, when, pe- when, when those dead areas of your life live, it becomes the story that God uses to glorify himself. Because yeah. you couldn't have caused those areas to live if you wanted to. We already said that. You have to come into agreement with what Jesus is saying over your life. Begin to walk in authority over those situations. And then allow God, when he brings them to life, allow him to use your story for his glory. I was blind, but now I see. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was in bondage, but the Lord delivered me. I was bitter. I was cranky. I was crusty. And I was a Christian. But God liberated me, and I'm, not, I'm a wet, drinking Christian. I, have, I am not going to be cranky, crusty, and whatever. Life. Life. told you I was going to not preach my notes today. (laughs) I do not apologize for the interruption by our sponsor, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Why don't you stand with me this morning? He's bringing new life. He's going to bring life and service, and then we're going to have a funeral meal after, and (laughs) we have VIP lunch later, you know, we just do it all. Uh Uh-huh. Life. Can you come here? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Just step on out into the aisle. Life. 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 Come on. Somebody's coming, right? Somebody's back here to help me. Jesus. Life. That's life. That's the presence of the Lord. Yeah. 
You know, when you cut, when you, if, if, I, if I were to take Mandy here and stick her finger in one of those outlets up there on that uh, stage, oh. <laughs> Rich would rejoice. <laughs> but, but seriously, there, there would be a reaction, right? You know, when you, when the, there's a, when you come in contact with power, there's a reaction. That's what happens. Sometimes people don't understand. Well, you know, what's the, what's that all about? It's the presence of the Lord just touching someone. It's all good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands with me. Jesus, you're bringing dead things to life in me. I'm going to dream again. I'm going to dream again. Lord, you're restoring the vision. I'm going to, re- um, yeah, <laughs> right there, yeah. Some of you just right now, there's, things are just falling off right now. I'm going to close with this thought. You know what really started it all? What really what really started it all with Joseph was his father's coat. He had favor. There's a mantle. There's a coat called the Holy Spirit that our Father wants to give to you. He wants to place multifaceted grace all over your life. He wants to place. He wants to cover you. He wants to anoint you with His Holy Spirit. And when that happens, all of a sudden things begin to change. The dead things live, dreams, vision, direction from the Lord. Right now, there are, there are people in this room. The Lord has the Lord spoke to you, has spoken to you about things that He's called you to do, or things that He's placed within your heart, dreams, vision, direction for your life, promises for your family, promises for your future, whatever it is. And somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, you've become like the widow of Nain. It seems like everything is dying. Hope is gone. The vision is no longer there. That you've lost your joy. And you're on your way out to bury your last dream. The Lord wants to bring life to you today. He wants to speak life over you. If you're here this morning... And you say, Pastor, you know what? That's me. I need new life. I need, the, I need God to reignite in me that vision, that hope, that promise, that word, that direction. I don't want to keep living according to the past. I don't want to keep living according to the dead things. But I want life. I want new life. I need God to restore my joy in Him again. I want to delight myself in Him again. If that's you this morning, I want you to get out of where you're standing and I want you to come join me around the front. 
I believe the Lord just wants to do some supernatural breakthrough in your life. Come on. I just believe. Come on. Get out of where you're sitting. Come on. Come on. Come on. The new life. I need new life. I know there's a lot of people here this morning that needed this word. So get out. It's not just to get out of where you're sitting. And I want you to join me around the front. I need new life. I need the life of God flowing into me again. I need the life of God flowing into me again. I need the joy of the Lord flowing into me again. I need the vision of the Lord restored again, 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 again. I need, I need, I need Jesus to come speak life over me. I need to come into agreement with the word that the Lord is speaking over me. Just get as close as you can to the front so we know who you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And there's others. Come on. There's others. We're waiting for you. There's others. Come on. Well, I don't want to. I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. You come. This is Jesus walking through, bringing healing to your life today. This isn't embarrassment. This is freedom. This is liberty. Jesus, come. I worship you. There's others. I'm waiting for you. There's others. You need new life today. Today's a new new day. It's a new start. He's making all things new. If you're invited to the VIP lunch and you're not down here, just worship with us. The VIP lunch is at the Fellowship Hall. We're in no hurry. We're just going to let the Lord minister to people today. But I'm, I'm hoping you'll join us at the lunch after. My wife and I will be there. We're all going to be there. We're going to have a good time. But we're going to let the Lord minister to people this morning and bring life. If you're at your seat, just worship. If you've got to go, you can go. I hope you join us at the lunch. Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Just lift your hands and and worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.